Hi, welcome to the Highlander podcast. In this episode, we talk with Ward 2 candidate Angela Lewis. Can you do a hi, my name is, uh, introduce yourself and a little bit about you? Okay. Hi, my name is Angela Lewis. I'm 56 years old. Uh, Mary Gary Lewis. We both were born and raised in Highland Grove. We have two girls. They too were raised in Highland Grove, grew up. Um, we have two grandkids. Both are daughters um, that are off on their own with their own families. My husband has a business. He's had it for 26 years now. Um, yeah, and what, uh, what inspired you to follow your election papers and decide to uh, put your name forward for Island East? Well, initially, two years ago, um, I was on the fire committee um, with the, the Ward 2 fire hall. There was some talk about there could, there could be a closure. And so the community, you know, band together, and then I become on that fire committee. And I did the delegation um, to the the council. And so that kind of got me started as uh, I did a lot of volunteering as, as our kids were growing up. And then kind of after the kids had gone to college and they're left home, you kind of pass that torch off to the next generation. And then I realized that it just kind of been out of the realm because when I, when they were saying, you know, this could be a possibility, I realized that now we have an, el- an older generation and this, this can't be possible. Um, the things around that were insurance. We have a lot of people that are in their 80s living alone. They, there's no way they could have afforded the insurance because their insurance would have went up. Mm-hmm. So that was when I kind of went, okay, and not so much fighting because I don't like to use that word. Um, bringing all that to, to the making sure that we had all the facts right um, and then the whole process of that. So that got me intrigued. It's like, okay. And then with COVID, I just worked <laughs> just like everybody else. That's how I got through COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it came for election time, <clears throat> I had been approached by many in the community. Would you please run? Because we don't have a voice. And at first I said, no, I don't have time. And then I sat down and I'm looking at my husband. I'm, I'm watching out the door and there's, the next generation, and that's the fourth generation living in that on that property. Mm-hmm. And so looking at your neighbors, or yes. You, okay. But that's fourth generation living there. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh my, you can't do this. So then I said to him, well, it's going to take a lot of time, and I'm not going to be home a lot because it's a lot to work. And he agreed. He goes, no, we have to do something. So you can be the voice, and you will be the voice. And so uh, then I went, all right, I'll do it. And you talked a little bit about, um, you know, the your past experiences. But mm-hmm. when you talk specifically about skills or um, abilities or qualifications, why do you think you're qualified to uh, to be on council? Okay, that one I, I I looked at and I thought qualifications. I think that first of all, anybody that puts their name up for a nomination to for any ward, I don't care where it is, even in my community in all of the county, is qualified. Only the only reason why I say that is because they've taken an interest in their community. They've obviously talked to people. It's not something that you take lightly, and you have to be passionate about it and passionate about your community to even to, to even put your name up for that. As far as qualifications, um, I've managed a maintenance team for fourteen years, and so with that goes a lot of the inspections, health inspectors. Um, 
fire inspection, keeping up with codes, compliant with all of the codes. So I've always dealt with that. Um, the other qualifications, as I said, I've lived here. We have family, friends all over well, this I, county. Yeah, and I was interested when you mentioned specifically in the conversation about the, the fire halls and the, mm-hmm. the closer, you mentioned you did a lot of research, a lot of organizations. Yes. What did you learn about the municipal process through that? Oh, that was that was really interesting, actually, because then I learned that you need to, you have to have a delegation. And so we did a town hall meeting and, you know, that, that went well. There was a great response. And, and then I realized people are passionate about this. They're not just... So then I need to be. So then when I came and I realized, okay, so when we do this, it has to be specifically on the fire hall and you can't go off on. And so when they all showed up and then everybody wanted to talk and then they got angry and I'm like, no, 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 no. Okay. So, you know, they're saying, no, you can't do that. And I'm, I'm doing that. Okay. You have to understand the reason why you're here is to show your support, but you can't say anything. Because this is the question. And any other questions, you would have had to have, then we would put another person and they would have had a different question because this is what has been taken. This is what they're going to deal with today, not anything else. And I understand that process and it works because otherwise you'd be there for eight hours. And so that intrigued me. I'm like, okay. But trying to, to explain that in a way that everybody understood because, you know, things get heated, people get very passionate <laughs> and it can get ugly really quick. So it was a matter of, okay, no, 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 this is how it has to work. And we have to follow these guidelines. I've done a lot of reading, done a lot of research since on how the process works. And as far as when it comes to the council, um, your CAO is the one that will direct you. And there's enough of them on there. And I'm quite sure the veterans that are counselors will, will help you along as that goes, but you're already directed. Mm-hmm. And so with that, I think that'll be okay. You mentioned um, the people that were encouraging you to run mm-hmm. so they wanted you to be a voice or to they, be a voice. they didn't have that. Yes. What does that actually look like? Because I think almost all the counselors are saying, um, the, same thing. Are saying the same thing. What does it look like for you to be a voice on the ground on council? Well, see, and, and that's the thing is, is because within the war, no one seemed to, they, no one seemed to, feel that their voice is being heard, even when they're, they're they're reaching out to counsel. And so, and, and I'm, I'm definitely going to do for all the works on Highland Grove. Mm -hmm. And this is where it's been missed is that it's only one part and I'm not, my kids went to school. I went to school in Cardiff. Mm -hmm. Um, they've enjoyed all of, all of the amenities in all of the communities and vice versa. So that is one of the things that I'm going to make. And so we have family, friends, businesses. We own, we, we know many people in business all over this county, not just in my work, not just in the municipality, all over the county. And so when you imagine actually being that voice or if you're on council, mm-hmm. does that mean, you know, starting a Facebook page? Does that mean having a website? How would you do things differently than what's been done now? Okay. So here's the, one of the elderly ladies come up to me. She said, you know what? It's so dark and maybe you can get me a, a streetlight. And so I said, well, you know, I have to, I have to first find out how this process works because that's how it goes. So the first thing I did is I went walk down there at night to see how dark it was. It was really, really dark. 
And then I'm looking down the embankment and there is a large embankment. So I'm saying, okay, well, maybe I can go at it at this angle that this is, you know, it's dark. It's, it's actually dangerous. But just for her to hear somebody say, I actually did that rather than going, yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah, you know, I'm going to be hands on that way. So if there's a complaint or somebody has an issue, I'm first going to go see it myself. And I don't know if that's allowed, but I'm going to figure that out. So if somebody's saying uh, the roads are, are terrible, um, they need, I'm going to take a drive. I'm going to grab a coffee and take a drive, and we'll see how much slops all over me. But that's what that's what I mean by hands-on. Okay, perfect. And um, I'll, I'm going to bookmark that conversation of, of Cardiff in these specific areas in Highlands East, and we'll come back to them at the end. Um, now I'll go kind of go through some of the, the top questions and for the people listening, um, I think you, you've already read some of the profiles mm-hmm. you've done, so you kind of know how this goes. Um, I'll start with affordable housing and I know in Highlands East and across Halberton County, that's one of the top issues. Mm-hmm. I, I was wondering, um, do you have any ideas or specific ways that you'd like to see Highlands East kind of combat this problem or new strategies you'd like to see explored? Oh, the housing issue is, is, is out of control. It really is. I see this, this isn't. I see young families that have to move back home and and it's not any fault of their own it's not um the housing it's it's countywide for sure i think that we should maybe look at pilots for tiny houses um duplex fourplex apartment building at some point maybe cardiff halliburton but we have to do something because people just it's it's not good even where i work i see young families, okay, um, being told to take a shelter, to go to the shelter. That's sad. And this should not be. These are working people that have no, they're, they're, and what are you going to do? You know, one couple, they have to pay $2,000 for rent. I don't know how you'd ever save up for a house. And when you, let's say you come on council mm-hmm. um, to, to pursue those options, you might have to bring that up. Um, mm-hmm. You might meet with some resistance uh, mm-hmm. from other council members. Are you comfortable doing that? How do you feel about, um, you know, you, you might be the new kid on the block, so to speak, yeah, bringing okay. up those conversations? That's okay. Um, I have been in... Yeah, that doesn't bother me at all. Because, you know what? N- number one is you have to look at everything in perspective, and I am like that. So, I, I you know, at first, initially, it's going to be one of those, but I'll always look at the other perspective, too. In Highlands East in particular, and also Halberton County in general, um, some of the, the poorest regions in mm-hmm. Ontario, um, on the same lines of housing, I mean, what needs to change in order to, to turn this, this situation around or provide more support uh, to families? Well, well I, I think that you're gonna, it's going to have to come from the federal and trickle down to the provincial that they're going to have to do something for rural areas. We have no choice. We don't have shelters. We don't have any kind of means to, and, and because the bylaws are so, and we don't want tent cities, that's not going to be viable. That's a, people are going to freeze to death. So I, I don't know how that's going to look. And so some people have suggested, um, you know, either partnering more with the food, the central food hub or other networks like that. Do you have any, any things you'd like to explore as far as? We, I think there's, we, the food bank is utilized and we also have meals on wheels. There is the outreach program in Highland Grove. I think all of the communities are doing the best that they can. Um, I, as far as poverty goes, I mean, Halliburton is booming. 
it's booming. I come through here at six o'clock in the morning. I see contractor after contractor after contractor asking people, you know, to, you know we need two guys. Um, so things are booming. We just need a sustainable industry. We need training, extra training for people. A lot of times it's seasonal work doesn't, and you can't get ahead. You'll never get ahead. It's just like a vicious circle. So maybe partnering up with Fleming College or the college in Bancroft, where we can utilize our community centers, um, see how that looks, and to get people in training. Yeah, because you say booming. I mean, Highlands East, well, it is. $40 million in no, construction no. values yeah. last year. But I don't see the evidence that um, you know the most vulnerable people, they're not really getting ahead. And I guess, oh, they're not. So it's booming in some areas. Not it's others. booming in this area, but it isn't mm-hmm. booming in Highlands East. No. Mm-hmm. Or it is in Highlands East for the most wealthy who are moving up there seasonally. Oh, yeah. That's the data. Seasonal, but not. Yeah, there's no. Mm-hmm. We have one restaurant. <laughs> we, have a, we have a little little general store and a food lab and an LCBO. Well, and I'll touch on that now, I guess, because uh, I know um, it might not be specific to your ward, but even in Wilberforce or Goodrum, uh, kind of same thing, as you mentioned, the, the banks have moved out, mm-hmm. not many services. Um, how, what would you like to see being done differently in order to try to turn that trend around or try to bring more to these communities? Because you drive through them and there's not really much keeping people there. No, and, and that's the thing is we're going to have to come up with something. We're going to have to brand ourselves. We have we, we have the four seasons as like a playground. What we need to brand ourselves to bring more in. Mm-hmm. Like we, we we need obviously housing, but even when if somebody comes, we there, there's no there's no there's there's no place to stay. Yeah, and I guess I'll I'll touch on it a little bit more because it I feel like it does have some sort of connection to to poverty and housing when you talk about branding and, and these kind of things can make it. Uh, a busier economy. Mm-hmm. Does that mean would you support spending more money on like a, a new, you know, economic plan or uh, hiring consultants to talk about branding Highlands East? What specifically? Well, I think that they've already done that. I think the money's been already spent on this on consultants and planning. And mm-hmm. I, 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 at this point, right now we have to take care of it because we just come out of COVID and we're going to have to recover from that, just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so. For me, it's it's like uh, let's take care of the needs right now, and there's probably quite a few needs. Um, and then I think uh, then we need to rebrand ourselves. Yeah. And and if, the, if that's looking at the planning that's already been spent for that and tweaking it or really taking a good look at it, but I can't see because I, we can't take another tax hike. I have people in the community that they're this close to not being able to afford their insurance. That's the elderly that are living alone, that they only have a old age pension, that's all they got. On that note, um, there have been some calls for public transport in Halliburton County, mm-hmm. um, you know, municipally run bus system or mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, do you think that's feasible? What would that look like to you? I don't, I can't see that being publicly funded. I, I For the most part, um, people are just generous. Like I have anybody that I know that needed a ride anywhere, the neighbor would, okay, I'm coming here. There's a lot of people in the community that volunteer for those things. And so I think that a publicly funded, unless you could get a, a grant from the government that funded it, but to publicly fund it, I just don't see that there's, there's enough need for it. There have been, um, you know, well-documented staff shortages in the Halliburton and Minden hospitals. Um, and some people have been uh, kind of talking about whether that begs the question if Halberton can support, you know, two locations um, moving forward. What are your thoughts on, you know, amal- the potential amalgamation of hospital locations? Do you think 
the county can support two hospitals? Well, I think that we're doing a pretty good thing. They're doing a pretty good job of it now. I mean, what, what would be the cost factor in that? Mm. And I guess to the, relocate now. Now you've got. I, I mean, I work at the hospital, <laughs> so it's kind of. So you've seen staff shortage, I guess, firsthand. Uh, has that affected your department or? I think staff shortage is everywhere, not just the hospitals. It's everywhere. It doesn't matter where everybody's trying for people to work. So I don't think a staff shortage is there. I think that once this all calms down, it'll be fine. We just need more, we need more doctors, which everybody does. That's nothing new. We need more nurses. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking that maybe for the PSWs, there's a shortage for them and it's only because the aging population. And so maybe we have a course here. Maybe we, Look at Fleming College to offer a course for PSWs. I know that you can do some of it online, but and then they can at least work and bridge. Some of them can bridge to an RPN. So maybe that's what it looks like. I know a lot of Highlands East residents are on a wait list for a doctor. Mm-hmm. I really, you know, struggle oh, to, yeah, to see so one. I. Yeah, and so I know there are some things Halberton County can do in general. Like, you know, they have a recruitment specialist um, or even just promoting the the dust the area as a uh, as a place to live as a doctor healthcare worker mm-hmm. anything along those lines you'd want to see investigated more there again or? there again we really need to brand ourselves market ourselves to get the these doctors in here to put their roots in the ground and I mean this is an amazing place to live you've got how many lakes so let's brand it because we're gonna have to do something because every community from here across the province is fighting for the same thing so. I think branding is, is a good thing. And when you say branding, though, I mean, Halliburton arguably has never been busier with people coming up to visit. Oh, yes. To, to, to uh, you know, enjoy short-term rentals. But right. how do you convince them to stay? Because I feel like the branding, as you mentioned, there's already been money spent on that. It's convincing people to stay and young people in particular. Um, why do you think branding is the answer to that issue? Because I see young doctors coming in and out um, all the time. So it, it's, it's like, why don't we... And when I, I guess I'm, I'm not sure what the branding is, it's like, why do you want to live here? Well, here are the things that we can do. So you really have to, it's marketing, basically. And we, we have to be set. Why do you want to choose here to live rather than another in another part of the province and, and set your feet in the ground there? We need to make it so you know this is the place you want to be. Why do you want to be in Highlands East? Why, why do you think? doctors or healthcare workers should want to live there? I think that once that once they see that it's it's rural living but it's 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 not city, but it's the people are the people are friendly. How many lakes what can all you can do? You can do you can do all of the four four seasons fun. And on the topic of amalgamation in general, again, it's another county discussion, um, but uh, I guess what are your perspective, or what's your perspective on amalgamation of the of the counties into one government? Is that something no. you, you want to see or no? No. And, and that's just not my opinion. That is across anybody that I've spoken to, because I went over this with people, and no, they're not. What have you been hearing from people? That is not something because we've already been, and these are the ones that have lived here and lived through the last amalgamation. There's no unity. There doesn't seem to be unity, and we have to change that. It still seems to be Cardiff Township versus, do you understand what I'm saying? And so we still are feeling the wrath of that, or and we have to bridge that and we have to change it, for sure. I don't know how you do that, 
But that comes from, um, as I said, having a voice mm. for Yeah, when I've talked board. to other counselors in Highlands East, they've said the same thing, and it seems like almost more so than the other townships in Halliburton County. I know. That amalgamation might have really hurt some of the communities in Highlands East. Can you talk a little bit more about that? What have you heard from people? Well, they just feel like they've, they've we've lost, you know, they, they feel like they have to, and this is the word, and that's not my, they have to fight for everything. It's like whenever there seems to be planning and, they, and they're looking at where to cut, it's always in the one community and it may be the less populated and they just feel it's not fair. And so however that looks, but it's still, there's, there's amalgamation and there it is, it's perspective, you know, when, when it's you, the one that's going to be looked at next that, okay, well now you're going to lose something because we need to, to cut. And until you're in that position, you know. So are you saying, If I just want to make sure I understand you correctly, you're saying if amalgamation happens, it might feel like a place like Halliburton would get more yes. while Cardiff would get less. Yes. Um, because as attention kind of sifts toward yes. the middle. Yeah. And that's their feeling. That is exactly because they're like, okay, then we would lose everything. Because when it came t- down time, crunch time to where they're saying, well, we need to cut back and we need to, then they would look at, and that's how people feel. And we have to, and that has to change though. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know how that changes. I don't know how you unite everybody together because I've talked to other um, communities and it's not the same. It, it is different there. It, and it has to change. County or? Yeah. Okay. So, and, and it's like, okay, so everybody's totally against the innovation. They're like, no. Well, there's a lot of people that you might even be seeing next to health streams who are for it. Yes. How do you kind of bridge those those differences, or how do you usually handle situations where you believe something really opposite from mm-hmm. the person next to you? What, how do you go about those conversations? Well, I, I think that when you sit down, as two, and and as I said, that's a perspective. I can understand. I can see the points. I can see the, I can see the benefits of it, because then you could you know get their plowing into perspective. But I would have to, yeah, they would have to really really show me some perspective there on. How that would work. And now another long-standing conversation would be the, the Shoreline Preservation Bylaw. Um, it was signed into to being by County Council mm-hmm. and Highlands East already delegated authority to enforce it. But what are your thoughts on the final document? Anything you would have changed? What are your what are your thoughts on that? You know what? I mean they they've done they did the homework. They really did. They spent a lot of time on it. It wasn't just a decision that they made overnight. Um, and they contacted all the right people, the MNR, and everybody was, is involved in that. And and from what I can understand, as far back as I can remember, because I've done cottage roads with Carson Bamford, um, and any time that we did anything at a cottage, he would always say he knew the codes because he had to. And we would always be back so many. And, and, I would, and a cottage associations are pretty strict with their, with their lakes. Um, any time I've ever been on a lake and we were going to do anything, and there, there's a cottage association that you're going through, you just start up a chainsaw and you see how many people come out. Like, they're pretty strict. And and for the most part, all of these people, like, they're conservationists themselves. And they're very informative when it comes to that. Um, as far as the lake shores, I think that it was a good thing that they did. It was put in place and it saved our lakes and it's, and their habitat is is secure. So it worked. Mm-hmm. When I'm thinking of um, some contractors or other um, landscapers that mm-hmm. I've heard kind of complaints of um, or com- who have complaints with the bylaw, 
How would you respond to them? Let's say you're on council and they come to you asking for changes or with concerns about the length of time it takes to get an application approved. How would you go about responding to those concerns? Okay. The length of time, yeah, I don't. Uh, that's something that I would have to look into because that is a concern. Um, I've heard it from lots of people, especially with Highlands East. Not, I'm not sure if maybe we need just need more um, people on bylaw officers and building inspectors to get those permits put through. Um, I'm not sure what you would tell them. I mean, it's it's a bylaw. It's when you're going to build, it's right there in it. Yeah, and I guess uh, now we'll move on to another bylaw that has not been put into place yet. But the county's considering regulations on uh, short-term rentals. I know there's a host of short-term rentals in Highlands East. Could you tell me a little bit about what you've heard about short-term rentals? Uh, do you think they need more regulation? What are your thoughts on that file? Short-term rentals have just boomed the economy. It really has. Like, like you've got drywallers. I've talked to all of the contractors, and they're they're you, you can't get it. You can't get an electrician in because everybody's busy. So it's, it's boomed the economy. Um, as far as long-term rental, we don't have any anymore because they've turned to short-term rentals. So it's not just cottages, people that used to rent their houses out have now went short term. Um, I think that you're going to have to put something in place. As, as far as when I look at it, the economy, it's great. But I've also talked to people that live beside one of them, and it's, it's not fun for them. But there are, there are already noise bylaws enforced. Um, so as far as I think you'd, you'd have to look at the licensing or something. Well, and and that that's something that they, you know, as, as collectively can look at it and see what works for everybody because you also don't want to deter it because, as I said, it has boomed. I, and people have got cleaning businesses out of this. They've hired three, you know, three, four people cleaning these short accommodations. Short On that note with the, the noise bylaw, so Highlands East is, has a draft noise mm-hmm. bylaw that's currently being reviewed and will come back before council. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if you have a chance to look at that draft document, but what have you been hearing from you know people who live on lakes or next to short-term rentals about the impact uh, uh, you know to their cottages? Because as you mentioned, a lot of people are concerned about noise or about the, yeah. garbage, other things like that. Yeah, I, w- I now the garbage I definitely would be concerned about because you know that is that is huge. Um, as far as the noise, you're always going to get. There's always going to be one. There's always going to be one group, but I think for the most part. It's going to be up to the whoever rents them out. They should be held 100% responsible for who they rent out to. Now, I guess back to Highlands East uh, specifically, um, one thing we've been asking everybody is, what's your vision for, for Highlands East uh, in general? Um, when you look at the next 10 years, where do you want to see your community? Oh, I would, I would love to see our community and with all the same amenities that we have and more. Um, I would like to for the next generation to have the same opportunities that we did. I mean, at one time we had mills, we had industry. People could walk from Wilberforce, go to work and go home. They didn't even need a vehicle because they could walk, but they rented. So it would be nice to see those things come back. I don't know how that looks, but anything that will achieve that, I would definitely be for. When you talk about that vision, um, I guess, what's the first step? When you get to council, I know you mentioned you don't you don't have all the answers, but I don't. When you want to know where you want to get to, what's the first step you take in order to get there? Let's say you're, if you're elected. If 
I was elected, um, look at their planning and see what everybody's, what, what that plan looks like for 10 years and how, how they think they're going to get there. And either, you know, you can, as I said, then you can all pool together all the resources that you have and come to something. I don't know what that looks like. As far as, uh, you know, reinvigorating the downtowns of, of these areas or even uh, talking to business owners about what they need, because um, as you mentioned, that might be a big part of it. How do you go about that? Would you be in favor of, you know, starting a like BAA kind of thing or how would you actually go about kind of getting the perspectives of, of community members um, when talking about this this plan or this vision? Well, that I am probably, I mean, I've talked to a few people and they said that they would like to see town meetings back again, like, and I don't remember what those were like because that's before my time, but they said that that, that would be something. And I think that maybe that, maybe that's something that should be looked at. It should be a town hall meeting. I mean, an old fashioned town hall meeting where everybody gets together and collaborates because that's what I, it's not, it's not about me. It's about my, my kids are grown up. Mm-hmm. They have their own homes. We have a business. I'm doing well. This is about the people that are currently there and the next generation. They should have those amenities and everything that we had. And to, you know, I, I, I don't want to look at my grandchildren and go, that used to be where this is when we used to have. I would like all of these people that are growing up there. And there's, you know what? I've seen fourth generation cottagers. Now their kids are moving up here. And so it's like, they should have the same opportunities too. It's just not about the locals. And then I hate to ask all these hypothetical questions. Um, I really but like <laughs> the, the interesting thing, um, when you talk about a community kind of, uh, you know, booming or new businesses <laughs> being developed, especially around here, land is at a premium oftentimes. Um, um, things have to be built in areas that might be environmentally protected yeah. or have uh, wetlands on them, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, that is sure to, to stir up, you know, opposition to that. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you go about having those conversations about, you know, is it worth it to have this new industrial plant or factory at the expense of a wetland or environmentally significant area? Because um, that's something that seems to be happening more and more with every conversation at, at the council level. Right. And there, uh, there again, I think that's when you have consultants. And then you get all of the facts and then you and do the pendulum. What What would be the pendulum there? I don't know. You see, because I, for the most part, everybody everybody's environmentalist. I, I don't care who you are. It's It's like you have to care about your environment. And so there has to be... There has to be another way. There just has to be. Sometimes, though, so, that's harder to find, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I consider myself an environmentalist, mm-hmm. but I feel that if I had the chance to get an apartment that might be built on a part of a wetland, I'd jump at yeah. it. Um, but sometimes it's impossible to choose or choose both. How do right. you how do you choose one or the other? Well, I think that in a case like that, like okay, when it comes to housing, yeah, there would be no. Uh, that's something that's it's a necessity. So you'd be you'd be willing to um, you know make a sacrifice of, of some environmental areas in order to achieve housing if, if to, to, uh, to achieve affordable housing for families, working families, they need a place to live. And a big part of this is all taxes. Um, a oh lot of people God, find yeah. taxes there. That's how you can gauge kind of mm-hmm. a, a council's uh, values. What's your priorities as far as taxes go? Um, is there any way you'd like to see Highlands East budget? change or more money devoted to different areas um how do you view the Highlands east tax budget well i'd have to see it first 
because I haven't I haven't seen that. And so once I look at that, because I'm I mean I'm cheap, I, I really am, and I've had to live within my means all my life. And so that doesn't change. So I still look at that. Same with our business. I do the same thing with that. And so I think that you have to. Um, I don't want taxes going up. People can't afford it. They they can't. Like we, we can't do anything right now that will involve a tax hike. Mm-hmm. That's what I hear. And so Highland East taxes. Um, well, it kind of surprised me. I, I'm, I'm almost certain it's the lowest tax hike out of all four municipalities mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. Um, what services or what areas of the budget would you be willing to to sacrifice or spend less on in order to, to keep that budget level? Because it seems almost impossible to do in today's economy. And, well, in, in this economy right now, yeah, it is going to be really hard to do. That's what I'm saying. We're going to have to look at the needs and the wants. We're going to have to take care of the needs. The wants might have to be just put on hold. And in order to kind of synthesize what we talked about so far, you're saying one way to do that might be having those town hall meetings or yeah. how do you decide? But like for me, because uh, this is what I'm saying. I want to be people's voice. I, I'm okay. I want to be somebody else, everybody else's voice. That's what they want. And maybe it brings unity. Maybe that brings unity back into where they go, okay, we sit down and everybody discusses it. And this is how everybody feels. So I'm going to take that back and okay, this is the general population that I've spoken with. This is how they feel about it. Rather than, okay, this is how I feel. But sometimes you have to make that choice, right? Because mm-hmm. very rarely is there a consensus. Mm-hmm. Um, you might end and there up, again, yeah. I, I, there again, that is one thing you have to look at every perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I look at it both perspectives, not just one. But then it may mean, you know, okay, well... Uh, you know, Essen, Essenville uh, Road is going to have to have potholes in it for another two years in order to keep the budget mm-hmm. uh, at a you know at a steady level. Mm-hmm. That might make a lot of people angry. I mm-hmm. guess how would you respond to? Well, to you're never going to please everybody. You're never you're not going to. And mm-hmm. and I think that that's a dialogue that you have to have with people. It's like I'm so sorry, but but maybe there's something we can do in the meantime as as a band aid that's cheap. Those are the conversations you need to have. Perfect. Well, I think I uh, I know that you've printed out some stuff here, and I was wondering, just to kind of leave the floor open to you, um, anything we didn't touch on or anything you really want people to, to know about you or your platform or, or kind of what you stand for? Um, I, as I said, I've, I've lived here all my life. I eat, sleep, and breathe this place. I work in Halliburton. We have friends, family from all over the county. And businesses. I really love, love to see more business, more home. It seems to be lots more home businesses are starting up. That's wonderful. Anything that we can get in the community is, is, is amazing. We have larger families. I mean, we've got two families there. I think we've got 15 kids in, in Howling Grove now, little ones. I like to see more families and, and across the board. Municipality, uh, there's, we'd love to see more things come back. And I guess lastly here, um, when you talk about being a municipal councillor now in this day of age, um, you're talking about phone calls and emails oh, yeah. all times of the day on Sunday oh, yeah. mornings. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you know, reading 20-page staff reports before meetings. Yes. Why is it worth it to you? It's a lot of work. You already mentioned you're really busy. Do you I, have the time to to afford to this job, you know, um, to get it all done? Yeah. Um, well, you know what? Um, it's just one of those things. I raised two kids and worked two jobs. <laughs> Now I don't have no kids. 
uh, I've discussed this with my husband. We sat down. I explained to him what this is going to entail. I still work full time and I will continue to work full time. Um, but if it's, it's what's important, it's four years. And it's a huge sacrifice. But I'm willing to do it. And I think everybody, as I said, that has, has, has put their nomination in knows that. And so there's no losers. Anybody that you get in there is a winner because you've got them behind you. And so for me, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be tough because I'm not going to, I'm not being irrealistic at, at saying, oh, Jesus is going to be a breeze. Hell no. I'm going to be up till all hours of the night reading. Sometimes I don't get off to work at, at 11 o'clock at night. So it's all good. What are we doing is a podcast produced by Justin Van Leishout in partnership with The Highlander. Reporters working on this project include me, Sam Gillett, our editor, Lisa Gervais, and Mike Baker. Be sure to follow along as we cover candidates in your riding, as well as everyone running for election across Halliburton County. Music in this episode is from Kashaga, and our cover art is from Jason Yates, who can be found on Instagram at jy.inc.